What's up, Joes, and welcome to episode 103 of the Average Joes MMA Show. Jeff Shanahan, Raphael Chaidez, and Ryan Dempsey joining us once again. Hello, gentlemen. What's going on? Hola. <laughs> I was like, that, that, that means one of you has to talk. <laughs> I, I, I'm the guest this week, right? You know, so I'm just going to uh, let the host take the reins first, and then I'll jump in. Well, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter. Why don't you just say hi? <laughs> What's going on, fellas? Uh, nothing much. Just smoking. Yeah. Smoking. I got Tool playing in my ears right now. It's a, it's a good start. Some to schism. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know what to play, so when, when you can't think of what to play, you just play Tool. Yeah, that's right. Dude. I'm down with it. That was, I saw them over the summer. And it was fucking so cool. Like, I, I'd already seen Tool once back the last time they toured. Well, not the last time they toured, but the last album cycle that they toured back in, like, 06. I saw them just before the end of their, their uh, 10,000 Days tour. But it was inside and all that shit. And then this summer, we saw them outside at, uh, at the DTE uh, Theater in Detroit, or Pine Knob, whatever the fuck you want to call it. <laughs> So outside, fucking just getting baked as shit under the stars with Tool. Because, like, when you go see Tool, especially at, like, a, an amphitheater and shit, it's, I don't know. It's not really worth paying the super high ticket price to get, the like, the good seats. Because Tool, hey. the, the stage is dark as fuck. You can't really see anything. Maynard hides out in the fucking back by the drums and shit. It's just Adam... Justin and Danny and you and it's dark and then they they play shit like visuals and stuff up on the screens. I was and, so confused when I first saw Maynard. I'm like, wait a minute, that's the lead singer of Tool. I'm like, that's the guy that makes the music for Tool. Did you see him with I, a I think I saw him on, Ro- on Rogan? I oh, on Rogan? Yeah, yeah. He's from Michigan, actually. Okay, he okay, was. Yeah, uh, he was. He born... was weird and not not in a. He is not weird. In a, not in a bad way, you know, in a cool, like, crazy way. Like, he well, seems like, I don't know. I don't know if I would want to hang out with him. No, 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 no. I was just going to say that. he He's notoriously a dick. Okay. Because right. he's super he's super intelligent, and so he gets, like, upset with people of the lesser intelligence quite easily, I guess. Uh, but uh, he's he's just, I don't know. He's a dick. But he's Maynard, so people still love him. And he makes fun of, and he, but he makes fun of his fans for that. Like he had, they have songs. Didn't he do do like a, 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 was it him that did a song about, this is a crap song, but you guys are still going to buy it. People actually bought it. Yeah. That green, that green jelly song, uh, little pigs or whatever that was something like that. But like he made that story. No, that was Dave. That was Dave's story. That was Dave. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that was Dave's story. But he made like the, the, he made the fucking tool logo a dick on purpose. 
Like it, it's a fucking dick wrench. He got tired of fame, didn't? Is that what it is? Kind. Of, well, he's always been reclusive and shit like that. Like even before they were famous, he was just real. Mm-hmm. It, it, like it's about the music for him. It wasn't about the fame. And yeah. that's because, <laughs> like, I don't know. I think after when they when they kind of blew up in '95, is when he started taking like taking himself out of the front of the stage and and performing in the back and shit. Or after after probably around uh, Enema, but Tool is fucking amazing, amazing, especially live. But it's not worth paying the high price for the ticket because you can't see shit. So you stand out in the fucking grass on the hill, watching the visuals on the screen, smoking joints the whole time. We went through like seven joints in their fucking set. Seven. And then Tony had to drive three hours back. Oh, God. Poor Tony. (laughs) (laughs) He he knew what he was getting himself into. He's a trooper, dude. Yeah, he knew what he was getting himself into. He made the he made his bet. I've I've made that drive many a time after concerts like that, so I called not it this time. Everybody gets one, right? Yeah, because I've made several. That trip is no fucking stranger <clears throat> of mine. Yeah, I need I need to go to more shows this year. Last one I've been to was Big Crit, which was a good show, but I just haven't been into any any recently. He's coming in April, but uh, trying to see the Bellator. I'm, if the dates conflict, I'm definitely going to Bellator 100% instead. Yeah, I'm working on making that happen. That's Fedor Mir, right? Yeah. Fedor Mir, yeah. yeah All I'm, State Arena. I'm working on that. Not in Chicago, one. you know, right outside. It's where, I, it's, it's where Raw is and SmackDown all the time anyway. I'm trying to go to the uh, NCAA Wrestling Championships this year, too. They're in Cleveland. Nice. Go see Kyle Snyder win his fucking national championship live instead of watching. Still crying over uh, Rustique. We'll see. I don't know, man. Don't count the champ <clears throat> out. Oh, never. Are, are you going with uh, with Engano because he's uh, he speaks French? I I, I was all on board with Engano for a couple of fights now, but. I'm getting a less and less confident in my pick. You know, like, I don't know, like, just, I guess I forgot how good Stipe is because Everybody's there's forgetting. so much in Ghana, right? So, because yeah. they're I trying, thought you to, were all in because of the French. They're trying to push the monster. I can't, I mean, I'm going to be picking them 100%, but there's, there's just, no oh. Canada like France, Canada. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the, the confidence level went from 100 maybe to about 60, 65. But, if he can beat up a clown afterwards, I'll pick him. Whoever can beat up a clown in the crowd wins my vote. <laughs> That's your job, Dad. You gotta beat. <laughs> yeah. You gotta beat up a clown. Right you gotta. You gotta hire a clown. Pay him a little extra to let him kick your ass. All right. Sorry. Let him. Let fourth. him. Oh, uh, no, you... no. He starts off, and around the fourth round, I start coming on. The fifth round, I come back and finish him. Yeah, you gotta you gotta tell the story, bro. You gotta you know. Yeah, you gotta let the clown start to build it up, and then get to come back a little bit, and then. And let's not talk rounds. Let's just talk punches. Your kid's got a short attention span, right? He's gonna gonna be traumatized. When the clown comes out, you just run and hide anyway. What's the point? Dress up as Star Lord and take that motherfucker out. 
Yeah, there we go. That would that would do it. Oh, look at that, that would actually probably work. Look at look at the guy yeah, with no is... kids throwing out awesome suggestions. You want to know why? Because I was a kick-ass uncle. So I'll say a baseball bat. I'll take her to McDonald's during one of some kids' parties. Jump a Ronald McDonald. Boom. Problem solved. Some kids might get traumatized, but my daughter would think I'm a hero. Don't call me Peppa Mew after. Don't call me for bail money. (laughs) (laughs) We ain't got we ain't got no sponsors, man. I ain't got no extra bail money. (laughs) I just saw the cops. I think he pulled up in that white van. I was suspicious. All these kids around. I I thought I was doing uh, society a favor. Funny enough, though, I was thinking about there's a the guy that owns in our city that owns a really successful bail bonds business is also like a huge MMA enthusiast. And I almost asked him if he wanted to sponsor the show. (laughs) Get a little cash flow. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. (laughs) Get a little money for some upgrades. Hey, man, it worked for the fucking Bad News Bears. Oh, what a reference there. Dude, don't even, man. That's 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 my shit. I love the original Bad News Bears so much. It's so politically incorrect or incorrect. It's just politically incorrect as fuck. But it, yeah, that's but makes it funny. But it's hilarious. And the remake, like I'm not down with the like three or four other Bad News Bears movies they made in the 70s and 80s trying to ride that cash cow. <clears throat> but the original and the Billy Bob Thornton one is pretty good, too. But I, I fucking... I own I, both versions, I actually. <clears throat> I own both versions. I haven't seen one in a long time. I gotta go check back, back and check that one out. The original yeah. one is so... I've seen it, like, maybe once. It's so bad. Like it, it's good. It's a great movie, but some of the <laughs> shit they got little kids doing is fucked <laughs> oh, up. <man. laughs> fucked up, especially Tanner. <laughs> some of the shit little Tanner boys. The youngest says. one, right? One of the youngest ones. Like he was a little, the one of the little shithead blonde kids. Yeah, he was like the fucking the one that would talk the most shit, right? And he was like yeah. the smallest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, we already started talking about it. Let's get into the the breakdown of UFC 220. Hey, uh, uh, this is a me throw. So you're talking about little kids and a little update there on my little guy, eh? Oh yeah, yeah. you got a like walker. Got a head on, man. You got a little fucking He's walker. Walking. Yeah. 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 Congrats, man. Yeah, have fun with that. Yeah. Carlos good luck, trying, now. Carlos trying to help him how to walk, and you guys are familiar with professional wrestling, so you guys know the bulldog, right? Yeah. Yeah, so he's got a couple of those from Carla. Carla's trying to help him out of walk, and he loses his footing, and she keeps walking, and she trips and just drives him into the ground. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, yeah, there's the, the big update for the average shows. Uh, we got a new obstacle for old daddy. <laughs> pretty soon uh, we can teach him to go fetch you a beer. Carla did that at a young age, and Kara saw it, and uh, I can't do that anymore. Put the kibosh on it, huh? I was there on the couch. I said, Carla, can you get that in here? And she was walking on the stairs. She was like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> okay, I'll never again, I promise. Was... <laughs> Maybe when she's eight or nine, not when she's two. Ah, 
that's a perfect time. As soon as said, did I hear Bill Burr? Yeah, that was Bill Burr in the background. I heard, fuck you, lady. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, perfect timing. <laughs> Man. Before we even get into that shit. So, Burt was coming to fucking Grand Rapids. And I forgot tickets went on sale last Friday. And I tried to grab some yesterday. And they were sold out. Damn. Yeah. He's selling out quick now. He's building steam. Yeah, dude. I'm bummed. I mean, I, I got to see him last year, so that's cool. Yeah. But you don't think he'll let a second show? It's it's part of. I mean, maybe, but he, he's coming in. They do this big comedy festival every year. Um, it's called uh, uh, Laugh Fest. So they have like comics all set up in different places every night. So I don't know. I maybe it would it would be cool if they do announce like a, a second show for Bill, but I don't really recall it happening for anybody else. Or not Bill, but um, Bert. Bert. Um, but they usually get some pretty good comics. So like uh, John Milani or Mulaney or whatever that guy's name is coming. Like it's it's all over. Like it's like a, a, a festival basically. It's, it's like a week or something like that where they have some Whoa. smaller name comics that come to some of the smaller clubs, and then they get some bigger ones kinda in like, different uh, places. Kind of just for laughs. Yeah, kind of like that. It all goes to like the Gilda Ratner Fund or something like that. Nice. It's called Gilda's Laugh Fest. <laughs> but I'm trying to think of some other like bigger comics that have come last year, the last few years. But I can't remember now. I'm waiting for fucking them to announce that they got Joey Diaz coming <laughs> to that shit. Oh god damn it! Yeah, Dude, I, I missed him on my birthday last year. He played. He hasn't been here since. He played Grand Rapids like five years ago or something, but I didn't know about didn't it. Did you just miss him last year, Jeff? We like missed him in Detroit. Ago? No, we did miss him last year in Detroit. Like <laughs> last year, right? Yeah, he came around shortly after Bert was there, but we didn't fucking know. Neither one of Dave or I saw it at the time until after it happened, or it was already sold out, something like that. Right? But yeah, I missed. We both missed that shit completely. Yeah, but he was also Tom, playing a really small place in Detroit. Segura's touring again because he just released his special, and I I, I want to check him out again just so it makes it three years in a row that I've seen him. Ari's touring too, but he's not coming anywhere near me. I I check his Twitter, but you know. Yeah, I looked on his his he had his whole tour. <laughs> his Twitter's uh he's Kill, yeah he got Twitter. he he's, got fucking he's, grounded off Twitter. Yeah, for threatening Bert's family. People are trying. <laughs> people are trying to get Tom's special pulled off of Netflix. Oh, because he was making fun of Cajun people or something. And he and he um was he, something about because he uh, a lady with Down syndrome was writing a letter to Netflix because he was talking about how instead of using the word retarded for talking about it, someone's dumb idea. He could say something about having your your idea has an extra uh, chromosome. Oh my god! <laughs> and apparently, this lady was not impressed. But yeah, there's been a ton of people pissed off about it, making fun of Cajuns in Louisiana. Yeah, yeah. Well, not a ton. Just, I've seen a couple of letters, dude. Tom's funny. Well, the Dave Chappelle special there, <laughs> the last one he dropped, and he was talking about. 
getting like the fan mail and he opened it up and it was like some transgender was in the audience and he had said a joke and they got offended and all this stuff and he was like well, just going kind of, off he's like what's what that kind of shit is that i i'm offended so no one else should hear it fuck you but the thing they, they come out and it's like, it's like you know what you're gonna get when you go and see these guys you they're gonna push the envelope as far as they can like Mm-hmm. If you get offended, fine. Just don't listen to it. Like, there are things that offend me. I don't yeah. partake in it. I don't want like I'll just go and make do what makes me happy. Problem solved. Yeah. Like, why waste all your time focusing on nonsense? Like, it's like food. Tom Segura is <laughs> not your taste of comedy. Move on. Don't yeah. don't try it again. That's why I'm glad we're still friends, Ryan, because I'm offensive as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Canadian as fuck, so it doesn't bother me. I have like 30 years of training that's not to take anything offensive. You're so polite. You got to find the good in people. There's always a silver lining. Yeah, I don't know if I was telling you, but I definitely told Jeff on the show. When I went to Canada, everyone was so nice. So every point. Yeah, everyone always says that's hilarious. Definitely around my from my neighborhood, they were a lot nicer than here. I had a, a buddy from the states. He was up visiting once, and we were out in the store, and just I literally bumped into someone. I said, "Oh, I'm sorry." Everybody looked at me and said, what did you apologize for? I bumped into him. He's like, yeah, you're supposed to just keep on walking. I'm like, I bumped into the guy. He's like, you couldn't understand why I was apologizing for but, but the funny thing was, is the other guy turned around and actually like acknowledged and said, ah, it's okay. No, like, you know, worries, whatever. And he was just so perplexed by the fact that you can have something very minor and apologize for as opposed to just keep on going or whatever. It's just like, uh, it's a different world, I guess. I wonder what it is because it's a fucking imaginary line. But it seems like once you cross it, it's like, ah, everything's different. It's like, what? Well, I know. Whenever I don't go to Michigan, well, too much anymore. But even when I was a kid and I'd go over there, I just remember, like, seeing, like, how it just seemed like you're going to, like, uh, a different realm. Like, you're crossing into, like, an uh, ozone plasma you're crossing into. Well, it was funny. We went in the – it was nice. It was the summer, I think. But as soon as we crossed the bridge, uh, and I think, I don't know, right over Detroit, what is it, Ontario? Yeah, Windsor. Windsor. Yeah, so yeah, so um, there's Ryan's like a favorite place. There's like <laughs> yeah, a park. That's where I grew up. Yeah, <laughs> there's a park like right after the bridge, looking on, uh, looking at Detroit. Detroit looks yep. like all railroads and like rusty shit and just brown and dead. <laughs> and then like you turn around and you look around your surroundings, and it's like a nice park and like there's birds flying around. It's all nice. <laughs> You're like actually, I not, there is a. I don't know if you can see like on the American side, but I swear to God, in the Canadian side, you can see it. You get to the Detroit River on Windsor side, it's green. And I swear there's a line that just goes straight across, and then it's blue when it gets to the American side. I, I swear, I, I pointed it out to people, you can actually see the water changing color from green to blue at this one point of the Detroit River. It's the craziest thing. Well, it's because all the dead bodies in the Canada. Detroit River. <laughs> all the dead bodies. Yeah, but then why is ours green? Yours is blue. You guys got the healthy water. Why still... do we get the pollution? Because oh, it all floats on the Canadian side. Yeah. <laughs> like Canada deal with it. Yep. Oh. We're too nice. We're like, ah, whatever, another buddy. Whatever. Oh, all that pollution just... <sighs> but I will say, though, if you want to uh, meet some rude Canadian, just go to Quebec. Just go uh, north of Montreal. And if you say hello... They will just walk right back. They will not even acknowledge you as being a human being. Nope. Well, you got to speak French or something? 
Yeah, if you they speak only French, their signs are only French. They want nothing to do at all with Canada. Well, it's definitely their French side, isn't it? That's not their Canadian side. No, that's that. That's it. It's like the like when everything was going on over the years. A lot of the uh, French people that wanted like to separate that, they just went more north to get away from Canada. Yeah, and, don't they want to separate? Still, so? doesn't Quebec want to be their own shit? Yeah, I'll have to get still? a green card today. One day I'll be a foreign citizen in my own country. <laughs> I'll go live with George St. Pierre. That's all good. Yeah, I'm sure he'll he'll gladly take you in. I'll, I'll make him some poutine. <laughs> I am your number one He's fan. That's all good. He can put on some weight. Just tell him you're his number one fan. That's it. He's going back to 70 if he comes back, according to John Danaher. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing 185 for him. We said this before. There's nothing 170 for him. Woodley. That's what he wants, apparently. Yeah. Good <laughs> fight. More dangerous fight, but, you know, Clash yeah. of Styles, just less power for George. Yep. He's just more methodical. If he can take him down, it would just, he could be a long tyrant for Woodley. I if don't he know, takes him man. down. Woodley's no hoe on Woodley the ground. Yeah. Woodley's no hoe on the ground. It's an interesting a, ass a, fight, dude. He's a that brown belt. Yeah, uh, that's well, that's the bridge we'll cross when we get there. If we get there, if we get there, but we, we got a we got a fight on Saturday. We got a whole card of fucking fights on Saturday. A lot of fights on Saturday. Two title fights. Three, three title fights. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about uh, right. Yeah, I'm talking about the the first card. We'll get to Bellator. Let's get through one card before we start <laughs> talking about Bellator. <laughs> there's a. I mean, yes, there is a shit ton of fights to pick from this weekend. UFC 220 from Boston. Champion Stipe Miocic is going for the UFC heavyweight record of defenses with three. <laughs> so embarrassing. Is it embarrassing or is it just goddamn heavyweights? You get fucking knocked the fuck out. I mean, I think for me it's just funny that the heavyweight was the first belt created and it has three defenses. And then you have the flyweight, which was been around for, what, five, six years? And it has 11 defenses. Just like, I mean, there's... It, I think Frank Miller will probably have five or six consecutive if he never got to that motorcycle accident. Yeah, true that. Yeah, I think I think Frank would have definitely had dominated that division at that time because he was a while. Sorry, Jeff, go on. Oh no, I was just gonna, I was going to add to the what you said that with the level of jujitsu that he had at the time and how far ahead in that yeah. game he was to everybody else, he would have dominated that division for a while probably. And that was the UFC when every other fight card was uh, Arlovsky and uh, uh, Tim Sylvia. Well, that you you know those guys traded it back and forth. But even if you go back, I mean, that was during a, a kind of a stale era of the division, and one of one of the lowest points I think, other than what we have seen over recent years. But um, before that, though, I mean, you had guys like Pedro Hizo, Randy. Um, oh fuck! What the fuck was the guy's name? Well, used to train with Tito. Uh, 
Rico Rodriguez. Right. Um, well, you look at some of the, the, the guys that could have been really dominant. Yeah, Frank Mir got hurt. Brock Lesnar was never really healthy. Couture had a all the issues with the management and like, and was stripped and left and all that. Like all these guys that could have done something, something stood in their way that. Barnett did steroids. Yeah. Yeah. There was nothing they could do. There was, there was a roadblock that for whatever reason was just put there that they just could not overcome. And now we're finally getting into this chance where even if Stipe wins and gets say a fourth defense and then loses, there's a fair chance to say the next guy could go four or five all. So like the, the way the division's kind of coming around now, if all stays as it is, we could see more of a consistent championship uh, reign than just passing it back and forth. I, I mean, if Stipe gets past Ngannou, he's got a good opportunity to put a few fights in. And, and like you said, too, if, if Ngannou is – able to upset Stipe, well, not even really an upset according to the odds, but right. upset the champion, you know, he he also potentially has the possibility of being able to to put a, a decent run together. Um, aside, from, aside from Fabricio, there is not a lot in the heavyweight division that I think, like, Kane, would he make the walk? JDS, I think he, he would, walk? I think he would, <laughs> he would finish off what JDS... Oh. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, could JDS even walk? Like, no. The, like... the best thing that happened was JDS got hurt when yeah. he was going to fight in Ganu. Oh, definitely, hundred percent. I would have saw Junior Dos Santos die in Detroit that day. Yeah, just like he saw Overeem die. At least yeah. Overeem got up and walked out of the cage. Like I saw him JDS. alive. JDS would have got stretchered the fuck out. His brain would have exploded. JD, I'm surprised that he just put up a tweet after that fight saying I'm announcing my retirement. He should. Like, I've seen someone that I will one day have to fight, and I don't like my chances. I, I see the guy that I was supposed to fight. Well, DC doesn't want to move up anymore. No, yeah, we, yeah, DC does not want to move up anymore. <laughs> That's why we have to get John Jones to heavyweight to do something. He's calling out. I mean, Ngano's already calling out Brock. Yeah, get that payday. Get it, get it early. Suspension's coming up. I mean, Brock might lose at Romania. He need he'd have to get in USADA's testing pool immediately. Yeah, to put that together. Cycle off, Brock. Is it, is it six months? I believe they so. Can't, no, they're not. They're not doing any more. No, he fucked that up. No, he yeah, fucked so that up. So yeah, he's got to get six he months enters, in. If he enters middle of April, you're looking at the. October, November for fights. He gets set up. I'm sure he could. New Year's Eve. No, I mean, he could could enter the USADA testing pool still being in the WWE, can he? He could enter it now if he wanted to, I'm sure. But I guess that would be showing his hand that he's done with wrestling. Does he really want to? Because then he can still like negotiate a bigger contract with Vince if he wants. Well, it, I mean, entering the USADA testing pool doesn't mean anything. Well, no, because he was in he was in WWE when he was in UFC. They did like a cross thing, didn't he? Yeah, he just came over but, and then went back. Vince just let him go do it. Yeah, that's so right. he definitely can be in the USADA testing pool in the WWE. So he could start now. Get him by summer. Yeah. Why not? Fuck it. You know, it might have worked against uh, Vince McMahon in that 
aspect because I thought, from what I'm thinking, I think he just wanted to let Brock go in there, fight, lose to kind of diminish his value coming back in to sign a new contract eventually. Because Brock demands way too much. He's never wrestled. He yeah. holds the title. He gets paid a fuckload of money. And then he goes out, beats Mark Khan, and comes back, and they're like, fuck. Yeah, Shit. and then he tests positive, and all of a sudden it makes them work. Like, it's like, how did he test positive when he was in UFC? It looks like he was on roids and wrestling. I mean, but maybe they're, they want to get some more fucking good pub after what happens with this, or see what happens with this Roman Reigns bullshit. Yeah, no, because I remember Steph around that time. Stephanie came out and was talking shit about Brock around that time. It could all be a gimmick or something, but you know, she did. They did. They never got turned into storyline, and she never brought it up again after Brock won. So that's why I kind of was like, maybe they they want to do it so he could lose, come back, and they don't have to pay him as much, and he doesn't have so much leverage. Maybe. Can you imagine if he popped for steroids and got knocked out cold by Mark Hunt? That would have been like the. Would have just buried him in a lot of different ways. Yeah. But took his uh, took his shovel and his axe and went back to Saskatchewan and lived in his hut for. You know, just it. That's it. Yeah, he's hunting deer all day. That's it. Yeah, just him and Sable living money, living off that money. So Ryan, you you're picking in Ganu, right? Yeah, I've I've I think I've been I've been high on him there for a while now. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna. I can't jump off the train at this point. If he loses, like I said, like I've been seeing more and more of Stipe, so I can see how Stipe could do it. <clears throat> but I don't know, like I think he's got to try and get back to the wrestling, which I don't think we've really seen a lot of his wrestling in the UFC. He's got to use his uh, he's got to use his wrestling to try and do something. I think to hire and Gano out or avoid getting hit hard. Early on, and drag it. Deep. I think he's got to get into that that third, fourth round because that's what we haven't really seen in Ghana. We don't know how his guessing is going to be, but we've seen that if you try to clinch with him, he's just going to break free and throw a haymaker uppercut. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what I want to say yet. I'm going to let Raphael put put my thoughts together. Yeah, I, I'm having I'm having a little trouble picking between both of them just because uh, Stipe has to play it safe, like he really has to play it safe. Uh, driving Gano against the cage, either take him down or work him against the cage. He can't let Ngannou get anywhere comfortable with his distance to land any of those looping shots or uppercuts. And. Uh, it all depends on what Stipe wants to do. If he's gonna, if he's gonna trade with Engano, he's probably gonna get tagged. And we've seen, we've seen that. Yeah, we, with... <clears throat> Stefan Struve knocked him out, man. Yeah, like, that's the thing. That, that's Six why I'm kind of years scared. ago, though. But still, man. Yeah, but that's Stefan Struve. Was he's like, not known like... for power. I mean, he's been hit a lot harder by fucking better dudes since he knocked yeah, yeah, out Mark, Mark Hunt. Yeah, but think about it. If Overeem knocked him down, and like Ghana wouldn't go for submission, Ghana's just going to go for the ground and pound and finish it. Like, like it, that question mark, man. Because uh, I was watching the thing where goes forward. He likes to go forward. Yeah, and Ghana was saying when when Overeem came forward on him and they clinched, he and he turned them around and he's like, "That's it. That's all you got. Like that's all your power." So I'm kind of 
it's that question mark, man. And I really, really want to go with Stipe. My heart says Stipe, but that question mark, man, that re- that question mark in Ngannou, and I kind of have to go with Ngannou by knockout. And this is this is like Ngannou now has like one of the largest targets to hit that he's had in a long time because Stipe's got a big noggin on yeah, him. He's got a big fucking head. <laughs> Dude, and, and it's really hard, dude. I've been, like, I've been going back and forth on this one. It, it's that big, those big question marks in Ngannou's game, are really, really what leave me wondering, because it's like, this how can... powerful is he? Like, well, the is power he isn't what a Stipe from driving him against the cage. Like, is he going to be able to stop Stipe from doing anything and just keep him at distance and one of those rounds just land the shot? Because he's got five rounds to do it. And if Steve doesn't put pressure on, then you're just letting him just, he's not, if he's not wasting any energy, it could be a boring fight for a while before Steve thinks, okay, let me try it now. And then he could get tagged or, I mean, this one, this fight definitely has a possibility of going a lot of different ways, depending on how Steve wants to approach it. And and we kind of know what Steve is going to bring to the table. There's still stuff that we don't know what's in Francis's bag that he could have put, just be like, boom, I got this. And you don't even know about it just because he's so raw and so primitive in, in some of his stuff, but his pure strength and power carry him through it, man. That's why it's scary. It's scary. I can't I keep going back and forth. I was, I was leaning on Stipe. I, I mean, I've been hyping up in Ganu for fucking ever. Like I started off on black beast. I thought that was going to be the dude. And then one fight into two fights maybe into watching Ngannou, I was like, okay, this is this is the fucking future right here. And then I wanted to see those two fight each other, and that would have been disgusting because Ngannou would have fucking killed him. Yeah. Um, I mean, he almost ripped the guy's arm off in the octagon. <laughs> yeah. He, I mean, he does have the submission skills. He's shown that. And we've seen him against wrestlers of some form that the thing like Curtis Blades and that kind of stuff. Like the thing that with Stipe is is that he's been in there with some of the best guys. In uh, the competition level that he's faced versus the guys that Ngannou has fought. I mean, the only the only common thing is Alistair Overeem. But Jesus Christ, how many times has Alistair Overeem been fucking? Knocked and out Arlovsky. by people. And Arlovsky, yeah, that's right. But both aging, aging ass dudes. Yeah, yeah. Those ones are the ones that it's like you, you beat them to get your tele shot at this point. Or I mean, you beat them to defend. Stipe fought Arlovsky two years ago. Right. And Ghana fought him last year. Uh, and at that, before that, Andre had already had a pretty rough go of it. Because he was on a bit of a winning streak, and then he got he kind of went derailed there, and it's on like four or five in a row now. Yeah, well, he had uh, he went he had lost three in a row before Engano got him. Okay, he'd been knocked out twice and submitted once by Stipe Alistar and Josh Barnett, and then he got. Submitted or got knocked out by Ngannou, and then decisioned against Tabera, but then beat Junior Albini recently. Fucker. 
Andre just don't quit. I don't know. I, I want to pick Ngannou because I think the violence that he brings and what he can do, but I'm going to take Stipe, but I'm not going to be mad either way. I'm just excited to see the fight. But I think, yeah. I think that heart and that that champion mindset will, will persevere through. But that's the other thing, like knowing what it takes to get the belt. Like Ngano doesn't know that. Like, I mean, <clears throat> obviously every champion has to eventually get to that point, but Stipe like has that championship edge of knowing what it takes to get in there. Well, and the hard thing is, it's the fucking heavyweight division, man. Like. One shot ends the fucking fight from either guy. Stipe's knocked out his last yeah. five guys. On the first two, no? Or... Yeah. No. Uh, it was the fifth round with Andre. No, Andre lost. It was the first fight of the night. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was Hunt. My Mark bad. Hunt. Mark sorry, Hunt. I looked, yeah, Mark, that's right. I looked at the wrong, the wrong line. Yeah, um, cause, yeah. Cause... Yeah, yeah, he, like, yeah, so the last four have been first round, starting with Arlovsky, then Fabricio for the title, then Alistar and, and Junior. And he went into Brazil, too. Like, he said, like, I'm going to take this belt in your home country in front of your fans. Like, on top of everything. Backing like, the fuck up at the same time. Yeah. I mean, so you mean, it, and that's the, the other thing. Like, can you imagine the, uh, like, the superstar that you have ignored if he is able to knock off the shooting star that you're trying to promote? I just, I don't know, man. But it, like I said, it's the fucking heavyweight division. One shot ends it all. Either guy. Both have knockout power. Obviously, Francis Ngannou has Jesus Christ. I may have just killed a man power. But Stipe <laughs> can put your lights out. Yeah. And. I think it's just that, oh, my God, I am I just killed a dude power. Stipe's not going to swing wild and crazy like fucking no. Alistair Overeem. He's calculating. Get, Unless he gets caught, least. yeah, but he's but, but I mean, that's ifs and buts, right? But he but he's gotten. I mean, he, especially since the Stefan Struve knockout, he has gotten so much better in his striking, especially his counter striking. I mean, he showed that yeah. knocking out Fabricio Verdum, backing the fuck up off his back foot, him, and you've seen him in wars like that JDS five rounder, which he won. A lot, people, a lot of people say he won. Yeah, like him. Like I know I, I'm with you, Jeff. I don't know ref uh, if you remember. Yeah. That oh one. yeah, he won that fight the first time. Yes. I mean, like, the second it, one when he knocked him out. But yeah. No, yeah. The first one. Yeah, but like that. Like so, you've seen him being able to take a lot of damage and give it and look good doing so. It's just. But Engano's a different kind of damage, and I understand why both of you guys have picked him. And Raphael was super convincing and had me leaning towards going back and, and picking Ngano. But I'm going to ride with Stipe, even though I've been was, on that hype dude, I, was, I was riding with Stipe up until that point. I convinced well, myself. I, 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 I talked to you guys. I'm almost talking myself off of Francis. Yeah, no, like I, I was 50-50. This is going to be a good fight. Like and That's what I'm saying. I'm not mad either way. Mm-hmm. If Ngano wins, all right, cool. Now we got a new attraction in the heavyweight division. But I yeah. also feel bad for Stipe. It just the the disrespect he's gotten from the fucking organization. Yeah. Like not only not only have you guys been paying him shit as a champion, 
Yeah. And he's just like, whatever. I'm going to work as a fireman. <laughs> Toes the but fucking company line. That's the thing. Like, like they that. can't market him. They just don't try. Yeah. And I, I get it. He might not want to try, but there's stuff for the UFC to run with. Like he doesn't need to do anything. There's stuff. The, I'm, I'm not saying he. He. Does, I'm not saying he doesn't want to try. They don't want to try. The, the, oh no, he the doesn't company. want to try. He doesn't either. He doesn't give a shit yeah. about it. But the company doesn't try to hype him either. Exactly. He, if he wins, I think they. they I think to. it. I think it's going to come naturally. I think the fans are going to start to go towards and the like the the diehards like you know, like guys like us know him and know what he can do and what he has done. I think the people that are just watching the knockout powers of Ngano, if he can finish him, I think he, now all of a sudden you have a lot more eyes on him, and now you have the possibility and have the natural hype uh, that you can use, it, and in a division that needs it, and in a in a in, in a company that needs it, especially with you might be, with, you might be right Connor, Ronda and all these people that are no longer really doing anything. You can't okay. promote DJ like this could okay, be the. That's Would what they Brock. Yeah, that's what they're hoping for for with Engano, man. They can sell that motherfucker. They've already got the stories written for him. I mean, everything. Like, I mean, it, it sells itself. Born in France and you know, fighting on the Cam- streets and shit. Or Cameroon, yeah. Sorry, grew up in France. His dad was a uh, a street fighter. fighter. Yeah, streets of Cameroon. Yeah, was homeless. France and five years later he's fighting for the UFC title like it like that I mean it's a movie it's it's the blind side it's it's the blind side in, in, in MMA well like, I mean they both are both title fights feature kind of story not Cinderella stories just stories like that of guys I mean Ozdemir's had three fights in the UFC and now he's fighting for a title yeah that's kind of like the like a combination of the light heavyweight needs John Jones and it, and it or it needs some fresh blood injected into it because look what, what can happen if you can if you can uh, if you can get those knockout finishes or like those flashy submissions how fast you can get to where it's to the top. But tell me the heavyweight division doesn't need new blood like Francis Ngano. That's the only oh, no, reason I, that the heavyweight division is even in, besides Stipe. But Stipe has already slayed everybody, basically, worth a shit in the heavyweight division. Just so, he did it on his way up. Right, because he did it on his way up. But the only reason that the heavyweight division is super interesting right now is because of the fucking monster that is Francis Ngannou. It's the same principle for Volkan Ozdemir. Yeah. I mean, look at what he did to Jimmy Manoa. Jimmy Manoa was supposed to be that dude. Jimmy Manoa was the one that they were hyping up for the title shot at Daniel Cormier. Jimmy Manoa and Demi- Daniel Cormier were already jawing back and forth at each other. And then Volker yeah. Ozdemir said, hey, by the way, I, I got this. This one's mine. That's the thing. Like, you know, the UFC has to be looking over at Bellator and seeing, like, not like the a lot of the, the fighters in that tournament, but the Matt Mitchell and the Ryan Bader, those are two guys that UFC let go or didn't try to sign that could be used right now in the heavyweight light heavyweight divisions that are names that people know now. Bader was a top five fighter when they let him go. Yeah. But Bader's last performances, I mean, he, he it, they, they weren't that great. He was fighting to get the shot and 
that was always his thing. He was fighting to not lose as opposed to fighting to win. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, co-main event, Daniel Cormier. I'm so, I'm so more excited for this fight now because this this that talk, man. <laughs> <laughs> co-main event is uh, Daniel Cormier taking on Vulcan Ozdemir. <clears throat> Cormier, the light heavyweight, quote unquote champion. Hey, bro. Hey, a little respect, bro. <laughs> Earned or not, he still has it. <laughs> hey, then look at this guy. I, I hey, only hey, dis. Hey, I hey, look. Hey, nah, hey. I only really dislike Daniel Cormier when he's fighting John Jones. Like other than that, DC's okay. Mm-hmm. But no, I, I've always liked DC from the Grand Prix days, and he's just. Strike force. He's not really the real right. champion. The real champion. I like John Jones too, but you know. The he real, broke the rules. The Look, real. he did what he did. I don't, what's up? He did what that's he did. That's the thing. But he like, broke the he, rules, you know. So. I, 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 okay, but you're still. He's okay. got the title with the. He's, he's got the title this time because of an asterisk. The second, the first time around, he fought Rumble and won it. That fight, that that first round, the first thing, okay, whatever. He, he did get the belt. He defended it, whatever. This one does seem a little. If he like, they had to do what they had to do because of what happened. I get it. Give it back. They should have just had, they should have just had the no title, and then just have like a vacant spot and have two guys fight for it. That would have been the best way. Putting the title back on him after the loss is just like uh, they can't. They they will not go without a champion. They won't do it. No, I know, I know, but I'm just saying like that would have been the best way to do it because people now. Saw this guy get hit, kicked into oblivion, and now he's walking around with the belt. Like yeah, it's... but not having a champion also kind of fucks up your division. I mean, it makes people not want to pay attention to it. Yeah. Look at look at how, look at Bell- Bellator's heavyweight division. Until they started plucking guys out of the UFC, nobody gave a shit because they haven't had a champion for like two years. Well, look at the yeah. flyweight division. It had a champion for six years, and no one cares. <laughs> yeah, but people heavyweights, not, heavyweights is always things that people pay attention to. Like even in, bo- in boxing, big ones, yeah, yeah. The, big, the weight classes, the higher you go, the the more eyes. The big knockouts. Yeah. Um, like we just said, Ozdemir earning the title shot in a year, three fights. Did any of his fights make it out of the first minute? He won uh, by decision against OSP. Yeah, the OSP one went kind of. Well, OSP wasn't gonna sit there and let him get get hit, get knocked out. Was he was two fights out. are what like a minute total then? Because Misha Serkinov was like twenty odd seconds, and Manuel was like thirty odd seconds. Yeah. No time. I don't think he knocks out Daniel Cormier. I don't think he no. beats Cormier. I think Daniel Cormier takes him down, just makes it a boring. I think he's just in play it safe. Ground and pound him for a few rounds, maybe get a TKO somewhere, but I just think it's gonna be a your your standard DC fight. I mean I think it's a TKO. Unless unless uh I, I think he can stop Ozdemir off the ground. Yeah, I think I, I think he stops him. But if if Ozdemir doesn't take him out in the first two minutes, he's not taking him out. Daniel no. Daniel will Daniel might play with him. For a couple minutes on the feet, and and really, because Daniel likes to try to feel people's power. We've seen him do it with John. Right. We've seen him do it yeah. with Rumble. 
I mean, Rumble damn near put his ass out with that punch. But he that likes he likes to stand and play with people and see what the fuck you really got. At uh, the Gustafson fight, Gus. I mean, he, that's that, that's his thing. So he will stand with with Ozdemir before. He's not just going to come out, throw a couple faint shots, and take a takedown and, and mm-hmm. put him against the fence. He's going to try and test this boy's. He wants to see what he's got in power, and he also wants to test that chin. And his striking's not bad. It's just a little boxy because he's always been a wrestler. Yeah, but, Daniel's got good striking. Right. Yeah. Especially when you got guys like guys like Kane Velasquez in your camp that you rock the good guys that I mean good can strike really well. Good's a subjective mm-hmm. term, but Wow. And it, it's, it's, it, it, it's it's more of a style to grapple, though. It's more of a striking style to grapple you yeah. and push you forward and or push you against the cage or drive you down. He's leading a, into more of a takedown grapple position. He's a wrestle it's boxer. Not a standalone stri- yeah. It's not a standalone striker. No. Nope. I, I, yeah, I can, I can see a second round TK, second, third round TKO. Yeah. When Ozdemir's just dead because Daniel's. I'm going like the best. The routes of like your uh, like your Rumble Johnson fights, where just take him down. If you like, you know, stand with him for a bit, take him down, ground him to get him into his response, and get a submission or finish. Yeah, just uh, nothing, guess... nothing crazy. Just play it safe. Yeah, rear naked chokes are a real possibility. <laughs> so, although can you imagine like the the craziness though? If DC gets knocked out in thirty seconds, and those years the champion. Christ, yeah. We're Cinderella man. <laughs> So Ozdemir's one loss is by neck crank, which isn't like a super technical submission to land on someone. No, and it's something Daniel can do really easily from. Yeah, especially with his power and his uh, grappling. Yeah. Expertise. We need to see a good DC slam. We haven't seen one of those in a few fights now. Yeah, that's what I want to see. Yeah, I'm down with that. Yeah, we might, I, I think I think we might get it this fight. I can see it. Yeah, this is the type of situation where he would. Take a slam on somebody. Winner by slam. DC. <laughs> I, dude, I'd love to see a slam knockout. Jesus, we ain't seen one of those in forever. Yeah, it's been a while. Do you guys remember the Bufando one last year? Oh yeah. Uh... Just like he pretty, they were uh, clinched up, and like Bufando pretty much just like pushed them or like shrugged them off. And dude face planted and knocked himself out. Oh yes, I do. Yes, I do remember that one. No, yeah, 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 that's right. I, do forget. I forgot it was that one. Yeah, yeah. Damn. It wasn't really a. It was kind of a slam, but it was more like a get off me. And the guy was driving his weight all the way and didn't didn't never realized it by the time he hit the floor. <laughs> After the the uh, the main and co main, you and I were just talking about this earlier before Ryan got on the call. Raphael, the, the the card's not super deep with a lot of names. I mean, there are some names, but like big bigger names that the the casual fans are gonna know. Not really. And what's it's weird is it's, it's sixty five bucks, and there's not a lot of names that people are gonna know on here. That's what I was just gonna bring up. Like the the sixty five dollars is it is it worth the sixty five bucks just for the two title fights, and then Hope you get some good fights out of you know the rest of the card if you're a casual fan, or do you save your money and watch Bellator for free? 
And that's the other thing, because Bellator's card, I know we'll probably get into it in a little bit, but their card's not that shabby, and it has some names that, like, the <clears throat> the casual fans might not know a lot of the names, but the hardcore fans might know the names, and you can easily find the UFC fights eventually, and you save your money, watch Spike, and then jump in and catch the UFC elsewhere. Like, it's... And, and you have, like, four debuting guys from the Contender Series, so it's kind of like... Uh, and a pay per view, yeah. Like what? Like you have all these fight nights scheduled, but you don't. But you load your fight nights up with the the proven stars, and you put your contender series guys on the pay per views. Yeah, and it's the first pay per view of the year too. That's what's kind of weird yeah, that they would just yeah. do, that they would do it like this. I don't know. I I went I went and watched a bunch of the fights. That's how I realized that I'm like, wait a minute. Like a lot of these guys are from the contender series. Uh, the third fight from the top, uh, one of the guys has one fight. I know he beat uh, Andre Feely, but he only has one fight in the UFC. Oh, Calvin Cater? Yeah, and yeah. he's fighting Shane Burgos, which is, has like three fights in the UFC. And they're under the co-main event. Like, it's just right. It's a pretty thin well, card for people that don't watch the sport. And these... Uh... Even like the the main and the co-main, they were put together really fast too. Like, I think it was just after two eighteen that Ozdemir DC was announced, and then shortly after that was when it was in Ganu and and Steve it was announced. Like, this card was kind of thrown together really. It was almost like they had the date, and they just had to quickly throw some stuff together as best they could. Yeah, because we haven't lost any matches off this card that I can. We lost. I can remember Jamie. We just lost that fight the other night. Um, Jamie Moyle. And uh, oh, Morena Moraz or whatever she was. Okay. That that fight just got called off. We, I think, yeah, we talked about that on Tuesday. It was like one. Of yeah, the, but nothing big. Nothing, like, nothing major. Like, well, I mean, there weren't yeah. there weren't yeah there weren't anything. Not that I can think of anything major yeah. that got called out. That I think everything just got pushed around for different cards. Yeah, so it's kind of shocking that it's a, <laughs> it's a pay. I hope it's at the. I hope it's not the new business model is to have like a couple big fights at the top and then a lot of filler throughout it i hope this is just like a one-off thing or maybe like a couple pay-per-views just because that's kind of better so I mean, much it's kind but... of what happened i mean it's kind of what happened last year it was a similar model though really i mean they did ronda they did ronda and and amanda at for new year's at the end of 2016 right. what did we get for 2017 to kick off uh it was garbage it was home versus uh Durandamy. Is that the I, first one? I actually, that was in February. I, I, okay. I don't remember what the first one, but, but it wasn't that good. I don't remember exactly, but I don't. I think I remember it wasn't. Because it was like a while before we got a really good pay-per-view. We had wasn't some good it, fight nights. Actually, wasn't it a really good pay-per-view? Wasn't it Condit versus uh, Lawler? No. Or no, that, that, was, that was in ago. 2016. That was two years ago. Okay, that was two years ago. Yeah, that was like the, end of, or the beginning of 2016. Okay. I'm getting my what dates. Was the, the January. Well, the, how bad is that? You can't even think of. Just trying. I'm just trying to figure, like going through whatever. The, I'm, whatever I'm the looking champ. them up right now. Um, oops. Couldn't have been that bad because I remember the home one, the home Tarantula one. That was the. That was probably the worst card of the year. That yeah, was that was there, a yeah. terrible card, and that was. Um, I didn't even buy that one. I usually buy all the pay per views. I didn't 
fight companion it was it the middleweight title on that one i didn't buy that one either um i didn't invite any of my dudes over i just watched it i just was it 208 yeah 208 is it woodley no, there was it was just home the randomy and like a bunch of other fights. I thought that yeah, was there, like... no, there weren't any pay per views in January. Um, something happened. I think that was supposed to they were supposed to have one in like California, and then it fell through and it got moved to like August or some shit. Okay, something happened. They were supposed to have something in January and then it got pushed. So yeah, you had home the randomy. Okay. Home Durandomy, and then in March was Woodley and Thompson too. That's right, and that one was. Oof, look, I'm looking back at that. <laughs> April was Cormier Johnson too. Uh, May was was Stipe and Dos Santos. June was Aldo and Holloway, so it was like March or April before things got. I could have swore that that JDS steep if it was a lot later in the year than that, like in August, but that's. Like, you know, no, it wouldn't be. Yeah, because I mean, the, the Wonder Boy Thompson card wasn't. You had Tamor and Lando Venata, Calvillo and Cooper, uh, Overeem and Hunt, and Dan Kelly and Rashad. Or Rashad. Like some of the, I remember like those shitty pay per views had pretty good prelim cards, like at least mm-hmm. fight wise. Not like, oh my god, these fights look like they're gonna be great, but the fights themselves turned out pretty great. But yeah, so it kind of already is their business model and was for last year, but not quite like this. But they don't, they don't have a lot to. I mean, they have guys to work with, but they don't have a lot of fucking. See, a lot of their problems are too is that they do like these kind of cards where they have like I I going wrong I like it when they have the three title fights and the two title fights and that but then when you use up all these title fights big at the end of the year then then you're so tight at the beginning of the year or shortly after the end of the year that if a champion like DJ he could have if he wanted to fight Dillashaw you could have been looking at that one in February but because injuries and all kind of stuff now you have to push that one back. What do you do for this month? Well, these titles are all tied up, you know. And then this, or then like you get the interim title fights that are coming to play, and it's just it's get me. They need to go back to the idea of just a, a one title fight, max two, and try and like spread the belts out more. It's all about timing of when the the guy the the champions want to fight too. Could this be yeah. a matter of belts are scooping up the names that we know and aren't? seeing in UFC anymore somewhat it's it's also like them stacking up fight night cards with shit to try to make those better and draw yeah. more people that's and that's it like like well like like Raphael was saying there like a lot of the guys on this contender series are on this card like you don't like you're, you're bringing all these other fighters into the UFC and you have to put them somewhere that you're diluting your product too much like. but they're i mean they're prelim cards they're not nobody from the contender series is on the pay-per-view are they no but uh Did... calvin qatar is that's kind of weird oh uh, yeah Shane burgos they're like way up there that no that fight and its position itself doesn't make sense but that as like an opener of the main card wouldn't be bad 
I wouldn't. But but what are you going to do? Move Volante and Barrasso up to that third spot? No, but like, what? But I'm saying I'm just like it's when you bring, you bring in all these other all these new fighters that are coming in. You got to put them somewhere, and it's like you already have like a roster that's so stacked. Just you bring people in without losing people. It seems, and when they do lose the people, they're losing the big names or names that people at least know. But they also got to take advantage of the platform to try to build up these guys and the contender guys and stuff like that, like them fighting on prelims. Those are, are good positions for them. Could there be better fights? Sure. Absolutely. But I mean, at the same time, you also got to try to, to use these guys somewhere. You, you, you put all this money and invested it into trying to make this show to, <clears throat> to try to to push out these new talents because things are stalling with the ultimate fighter but you're also not getting the advantage of using a, having a cable show to use on these fights are only on fight pass so you got to rely on your fight pass subscribers i'm a fight pass subscriber and i didn't watch very many episodes of tuesday night contenders right. i went back and i watched some just because i heard it was good I saw some fights and I watched a couple episodes, but I didn't watch a lot of consecutive episodes. I was doing, I was doing this fucking show. <laughs> <laughs> it was on Tuesday, right? Yeah. You could have watched it Wednesday. Do another shit. <laughs> Sometimes it's just... That is what it is, but right? So, but like I was saying, so you... Because you have a very small viewership, you got to take advantage of other areas to get eyes on these people. True. Yeah, it's true. It's marketing, man. It's like Eric would say, everything is marketing, Everything's bro. marketing. They're not exactly marketing. The, I mean, they're, they're doing a good job of marketing this pay-per-view, trying to just draw off the two title fights, <laughs> which at the same time with two title fights... How much more do you really want to stack up yeah. on that card? I mean, and, and who knows? Because like, like I, I said this a lot last year and that kind of stuff. Like, like the when they're in Mexico City, I think it was last year. A lot of the names Jeff me and you didn't know, and I said this could be one of those cards that just like sneaks up because you don't know what to expect. Yeah. You have something like that tonight where these these fights just kind of like catch like, oh damn, that was good. Like it could just be five star top to bottom. Uh, culminating with two title fights, like, you, like yeah. that is the one nice thing when you have like a lot of these names that you're unaware of, or they're they are new to the organization, like they're trying to prove themselves. Like, yeah, I, I mean, um, we'll see what happens. Um, I mean, I don't really know if you guys want to do predictions for these fights, or do we can just kind of go through it. I'm cool to go through it, but if, like, if you guys want to make a pick on it, we can. I mean, for the contender guys, I really don't know shit. Like I said, Ra- yeah, Raphael I fucking did some research. I'm impressed. Yeah, I, I, I went back and I watched um, everyone's previous fight. So you, you absolutely, having knowledge of these guys, feel free to to throw yeah. out shit about them. Uh yeah, like well, like the third fight on here is like we were talking about. It's really weird because it's like the third fight. Well, not the third fight, but the third fight from the the third fight of the pay per view. Yeah, the pay per view. Yeah, with, with it's, uh, Calvin Qatar and Shane Burgos. Yeah, like these guys I've watched fight. I remember the. Yeah, I've seen fight, but they don't have to long. 
this high up in the card. No, that, that absolutely not. But like I said, at the same time, look at the rest of the card. Yeah. Who who else are you going to put? Is is Volante and Barrasso deserving of that? Not really. Volante. I I would say like you throw some like uh, Ortiz and uh, uh, Pantasia. Uh, uh, yeah, Pantasia, right? Yeah, Pantoja, Pantoja, but yeah, but you also you need that fight in during the prelims to try to compete against. To, yeah, that's, to that's, keep that's, people that's from true. watching Bellator. Or yeah, yeah, it's uh, uh, what do you, I mean. They need that kind of like that URI favor guy that that will just draw you at the right time. Like they used to use him. Like URI favor became like that strategic placement of a fighter. They don't have a lot of those guys anymore. No, they're trying to build new stars. You know who would have been good in the fight in the position like this would have been a guy like uh uh Gucci, something like that. The Gooch. I guess, you the know, Gooch. you have a guy you have a guy who people know he can be exciting. You know, you throw him in a position like this is to kind of get the crowd amped up for the two title fights. That's that's that is rising champion. Yeah. Horiguchi. AKA the Gooch to you, sir. But that's the thing. Like that's the that's what you need in this position. You need these like these guys that have fought for a title that people know that can be exciting, that are that are gonna keep you wanting to watch it. But they don't but I don't know. Yeah. I'm not Dana. He knows what he's doing. I don't. Yeah. Mostly Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard. Yeah. No, I don't I don't understand the, the 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 logic behind the order of the card, but you know it is what it is. Uh, Almeida and Font kick it off. That should be a pretty fun fight. Yeah, for that one, I have a little bit more, you know, I guess tape on both of them. Yeah, I mean, Font not so yeah. much, but Almeida a lot more. But uh, Font's got Font's more of a boxer with a heavy heavy lead foot. He likes leaving it out there. He likes putting a lot of weight on it. Almeida being the Muay Thai kickboxer, I think he has a really good chance of working on that leg and boxing Font up. This is Font's seventh fight in the UFC. Like Al- Almeida, you know, it's either gonna he's either gonna win by the knockout or lose by the knockout. I think he's got more uh, skills in the stand-up department than than Font, and it's just a matter of implementing. Uh, the correct game plan and not just going in there throwing bombs with Font because Font is a boxer and he can land the shot yeah. if this guy just goes in there throwing bombs. I he think... needs to work on that lead leg, pick a spot, get comfortable in the striking department, uses Muay Thai against Font's boxing. Yeah, I think Almeida wins this fight. Yeah, I got Almeida in this one. Yeah. Um, I, I skipped over Volante and Barrasso, but I've you know, we talked about it a couple. I brought it up a couple of times. Yeah, Volante just—it seems he seems to always hiccup at the people, like uh, at the upper echelon people that he should be beating. Yep, that are kind of older, declining in skill. And if he if he's such a savage and he can't beat these guys, he's not that of he's not that much of a savage. He's on a he's two, on those two fight losing streak. I was gonna say he's one of those guys that seems to he's like the the Artem Lobov for you know he's like he trades with Chris Weidman so everyone's all about him but then when you see him fight it's like oh he's not Chris Weidman at all. 
yeah, I mean, Volante is just, he's been, you know, loss, win, loss, win, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, loss. So it's it's very on and he's off. For a win. <laughs> he's due for a win or he's due to get cut. Yeah. Um, he's friends with Weidman. I don't know if he'll get cut there. Maybe one more loss. I don't know. Um, Damn. I'm rooting for Volante just because I paid more close attention to him than uh, Barrasso. But Barrasso's been one of those guys, too, that's on and off. Wins yeah. a couple, loses one. And not, not against uh, high-level names, either. No. But, like like I mentioned He's... earlier, Volante's hiccuped against those guys that he, sh- that he should be beating. The biggest name on his win list in the UFC is probably Ryan Jimmo. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's why he's got a loss to Nikita Krylov. I mean, I'm pulling for John, Gian. Yeah, Gian. Yanni, the fucking model. Gian. Kyle Bochniak is taking on Brandon Davis in the FS1 prelims headline fight. Brandon Davis being a. Uh... Contender guy. Yeah, I think I, I think they have all the contender guys in gray on the um like in black and white or whatever on the website, so that's kinda cool. Oh, okay. Because I've I'm got sure dog. Oh, see I've got Brandon Davis, um Dan Egan and Julio um Arce or Arke mm-hmm. are both they're fighting each other and they're both in black and white. And Matt Bassett, so I'm assuming those are all the uh, contender guys. Yeah, I don't know. I'm unsure, dog. But that that oh no, that's my assumption. Yeah. So Um, that's kind of cool. Be able to differentiate. Yeah. On the website. Good job, UFC. Look at you. Look, right. look at you. It's like it's like a proud moment. Yeah, so you you haven't seen any Brandon Davis. If he had a good fight, I like the skill set. He mixed it up well. I think I maybe Brandon Davis was one I saw fight. Um, and then Kyle Bochaniak. Yeah, Kyle Bochaniak. I saw a couple of his fights. Um, not too much on him, but if. If I had to make a pick between these two guys, I'd probably go with Davis. I just liked his uh, his pressure a lot more than than Kyle's. Than Bochniak. Yeah. Okay. Similar skill sets, but I just think uh, Brandon Davis had more pressure-heavy game plan, at least against the guy I saw him fight. Uh, I, uh, I'm going to dip out really quick here, so I'm just going to uh, let you guys finish up. All right. I'm just gonna say, uh, the listeners, don't be afraid to check out the Bellator card because uh, it's gonna be a fantastic title shot, and it's a could be a fun fight. But I think Chell's just gonna grind out the win over Rampage. But I'll listen to you guys back uh, when you guys drop this one. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, buddy. Yeah, you guys have a good night, and uh, yeah, we'll talk. And uh, who knows, maybe me and Jeff can get together Saturday night or Sunday morning there, depending on what time. Uh, yeah, after the happens. bell, brother. 
a little uh, a little after the bell action. We'll see. We'll talk. Yeah, we'll figure something out for sure. Awesome. Sounds good. All right, buddy. You guys have a good night. Take care. You too. Right, see you, Ryan. Ryan. Oh, it's always nice when Ryan joins. Yeah. He almost made it through. He's got to get up early as shit. Yeah. He gets up like at, I think he has to be to work, or he gets up like four. I think he has to be to work by like five. Mm. I got it. I'm always at work by no. I'm at work by six. Got to wake up at five. Yeah, I'm at work at like seven thirty. I used to start at five, and then they switched schedule on me. I used to go in at five. One of well, the job I was at when we first started this show, I used to do all kinds of crazy overtime and go in at like five in the morning, go in at three in the yeah. morning. Yeah, exactly. Just whatever. Just go get it done. Um, Sabah Hamasi and Abdul Razak Alassan are having a rematch of their fight from UFC 218. Uh, where it was you were live, yeah. This one, right? yeah, that was an early stoppage. Yeah, uh, they were having a fucking war back and forth, just throwing bombs, good exchanges, and it was funny because in the exchange, I stopped the fight. Uh, Hamasi didn't even get clipped. He kind of just went down. Yeah, and went and went for like a. He went for the legs, but from the position that Herb Dean was in, he was standing behind Al Hassan when uh, Hamasi w- sprawled out, and it looked like he got hit and dropped, and then sprawled out. But by the time the ref got in there, he hadn't sprawled yet, and it, he stopped the fight. He jumped in right away because it looked like he dropped him. So Herb just ran right in, and. A little bit too soon. Yeah, the the arena was not happy. They were booing the shit out of it. Joe talked to both of them afterward. Yep, I remember that too. Well, I'm pretty sure uh, Hamasi's family was a few rows up behind me. Oh, okay. They were going ape shit. I bet. I bet because he, dude, he didn't even get clipped. Like he, well, he, they were tagging each other before this. They were like they were hitting the fuck out of each other, but. In that particular punch that uh, Al Hassan threw, it didn't hit Hamasi, and Hamasi kind of just dropped for some reason, and then went for a takedown, kind of, but it got stopped in that, just because Herb Dean was out of out of uh, out of position. Yeah, Hamasi was winning the striking thirty nine to twenty seven. Mm. If this continue, if this is going to be a continuation of what they were doing, it's going to be. It's going to be a good fight. Yeah. It's going to be a good fight. Someone's getting knocked the fuck out. I hope they run it back exactly the same way. Let's just go back to war. Let's just go back to war. Um, like we said, Dustin Ortiz and Alexandre Pantoja also fighting on the FS1 prelims. Ortiz. Ortiz reminds me a lot of... Uh... A smaller cost check, hair and all. Yeah, style, hair, a little bit of same look. Yeah. Wrestle heavy, got heavy hands. Dustin coming off that knockout of Hector Sanvidal back in August. Yeah, before that, losing the submission to Brandon Moreno, and picking up a split decision over Zach McCoskey. Pantoja is riding a two-fight win streak over Eric Shelton and beating Neil Siri in his retirement fight. Rear naked choke. Yeah. Third round, but still. 
finish. Yeah, I mean, he was beating up Neil. Yeah. He was beating up Neil. Um, I think Pantoja takes this one. Yeah, like, if Dustin uses his wrestling, I think this guy might get a submission on this. That's what, that's what I think he's going to, I mean, Ortiz is a wrestler. He's going to. He's gonna attempt to take it to the ground, so um uh, opening fight is a I'm ninety nine percent sure two contender series guys. Uh let me see real quick. Uh was it uh Dan Eag yeah. and uh Julio Arce? Yep, both yeah. of them contender guys. Okay, yeah, so they do have all the all the contender guys are, are in black and white on the uh, UFC website, so that's cool. Good job, good job UFC. Um, Drop a little knowledge on the kids if you would like. Let's see, who did Dan H fight? He fought uh, Luis Gomez. How do you win? Yeah, won by submission. He's a grappler, and um, there wasn't too much like that. There wasn't too much to say about this guy. I only got to see one fight on him. So. Uh, yeah, good grappler. He got the rear naked choke. Julio Arce. Let's see. Julio Arce. <laughs> Julio. Julio. <laughs> this one was uh this one was a little bit more of an exciting fight just because uh him and Peter Pettis were fucking just going at it in the striking. And uh he was losing. Arce was losing. He was getting he was getting tagged up by the more athletic guy. He had his hands down. He was kind of toying with them, and then uh, Julio kind of just fucking started fucking him up on the cage, started landing his shots, and uh, he got the win. Um, I'm gonna go with Dan uh, Iggy, Ig, Dan Ig. You're asking just because you're asking you know, me for pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> I do not know this person, sir. Yeah, just because uh, Julio was losing and he just he got lucky. This guy um, Peter was putting down his hands. He was playing around with him. He was really cocky. He knew he was winning and he thought he was going to knock him out. And this guy uh, Julio just caught him. But um, I don't think he's going to. Dan Ig didn't seem that cocky at all. He was taking it a lot more serious and he was more well rounded, skill set wise. Peter seemed to. Uh, Arce's opponent seemed to kind of uh, rely on his athleticism, on his just natural-born abilities of being a badass, and got caught up. But uh, I got that egg. Okay. I'm I'm excited to see these guys, you know, Davis and Egg and Arce, Bissett fight. Uh, yeah, they're... Contender series, man. Just, yeah. If you didn't watch it, you really <laughs> there's nothing unless you watch Titan FC or I don't even know what organization uh, Julio Arce came from. ROC Ring or oh, Ring of Combat? Okay. Oh yeah, Ring of Combat. Yeah. So then, uh, rounding out the card, Matt Bassett is taking on Enrique Barzola. And opening fight of the card, and Bassett is a contender fighter. Um, yep. Islam 
Makachev. Makachev is taking on Gleison Tebow. Uh, Makachev trains with uh, Khabib. I was going to say, let me guess, Khabib. Yeah, he's a super combat or combat sambo heavy. He's super wrestling heavy. Um, I wouldn't say he's as active as Khabib on the floor. He just does enough to stay there. He's not as dominant. He'll keep you there. You ain't getting up off the floor. Oh, dude, I remember this guy when he fought uh, when he fought Nick Lentz. Yeah, yeah, he 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 held him there and he just did enough to keep him there. And Nick Lentz just couldn't get him off. He had five he, takedowns. Yeah, he tried to submit him a couple times, but he would just pop his head out. Yeah, Nick Lentz. Uh, or he got passed 12 times. Yeah. Uh, Gleason Tebow, though, man, he's he's good in the grappling department, and and he can strike with people. Uh, Islam, I'm not too sure if he'll be able to keep up with Gleason in the striking department. But once again, uh, once they get clinched up, which Gleason is known for, uh, man, it's a tough one. This one's go, a tough one. I'm gonna just grab Islam, younger fighter. Yeah, he is a lot younger, and Gleason is coming off a two-year suspension. Right. For juice, right? Yeah, he was juicing. Like he def- and it's funny because Joe, Joe Rogan would call it all the time on the show. He'd be like, "Dude, that's the biggest guy I've ever seen in my life." He's like, "There's no way he's not juicing." Right. Yeah, but um, Islam popped out of a couple of good submissions that Lentz had him had him kind of in trouble, and it was like, holy shit, he's kind of in deep, and he would just pop out, stay uh, stay uh, confident, and just pop his head out, not not let it worry him. But uh, Makachev, yeah, I got him too. Uh, Bellator is also having an event, which we talked about a few times. Um... Up until two weeks, last week, they changed from the main event being Roy McDonald and Douglas Lima for the title to Rampage and Chael. Uh, I don't know why they did that, and I'm a big Rampage fan. Like Rampage has always been one of my favorite fighters, not even just because he's like he's been in tough times recently, but still, I like the guy. But they don't deserve to be in the in that position. The title fight should be up top. So this is what a uh, this is what a TV exec from the Paramount Network said. We create, creatively differentiate the main event card and the Grand Prix in many different ways. We want this creative differentiation to make the heavyweight Grand Prix feel like a separate and unique event to the audience, and that's why it ends the night. And moving forward. All of the Bellator tent poles in 2018 will end with a Bellator Grand Prix event. Um, he said. So he said it, it, it'll make sense to you because what we're doing is really creating another. It's like a show in a show. Quote: It's an event within an event, and we're really creating creatively. Dear Jesus Christ, differentiating. Between the two things in a big way, and you'll see it on Saturday, and we'll give you all the surprises. But I know it'll be a great time, and it'll be a very entertaining night. Rory's pissed. Uh, Lima seemed to be kind of like, yeah, whatever. A fight's a fight. Oh, but they have. He's disappointed and upset. 
Yeah. Well, of course, they're going to give the bullshit of trying to. So they should have just made it the goddamn main event from the start. But yeah, I, I got Jackson. I got Quinton. Everyone, I think, is uh, doubting my boy Quinton. I think Quinton beats him. I, I think he knocks him out. I hope. Yeah, I do, too. I, I think he knocks him out. Every... Vandalay almost knocked out Chael. He put him in danger. Yeah. Tito put Chael in danger. And Vanderlei knocked out Rampage you twice. Think, you think, yeah, you think my boy Jackson? Yeah, don't bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> put him through the ropes, bro. He was on. He was on a hundred percent steroids. That was. You don't think Vandalay juice to the sure, gills. but you don't think Rampage was juicing too. Not as much as Vanderlay. <laughs> Vanderlay was eating steroids. Bro. Absolutely, was... and it was encouraged in Japan. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I love Rampage, but he got knocked the fuck out through the ropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that uh, to me that was more of a boxer not knowing anything about the knees, not knowing much about the kicking department, like the clinch department. Him coming in with wrestling for sure. It was a really young yeah. fighter. Yeah, but he still got fucking. Yeah. Yeah. Clapped through. I mean, he got his revenge, but he's still mm-hmm. down one fight. To me, Jackson has never really declined in his skill set. He just kind of gets lazy and doesn't use it or doesn't cut weight and doesn't come in shape. But I don't think his knockout power has ever left him. No. I think he's still got the hands to put out Chael, man. I think he puts out Chael. I hope so. I hope so. I lost the fucking goddamn card. I closed out the window. Like um, jackass. I know the Aaron Pico's also on the card. Opening yeah, up I have, the card. I have in front of me the card after Jackson and Chael's uh, Lima and Rory. Yeah, I knew that. But then I think there's like what one other fight on the main card before P- or after Pico. After Pico, he has Henry, Corrales, and Georgie Karakanyan. And Michael Chandler. And then Michael Chandler versus... Yep. Uh, okay, that was the other Michael. fight. That was the other fight I wanted to talk about was Michael Chandler. <laughs> so Michael Chandler getting back in after losing his title to, to Dan Primus. Yeah, which was a kind of bizarre loss for him. Yeah, it was weird, that whole leg injury thing. Yeah, he got kicked, he got kicked like a... Dude threw a kick that kind of wrapped around his leg and uh, hit a nerve in the back of the leg and kind of numbed it up. So every time he was stepping or trying to, you know, create distance or anything, hop away, it it was like fucking, it was just numb and he couldn't push off of it. He was fucking, it was just folding. It looked like it was broken. It looked like he had fucked up something in his, in his ankle, but it was just like a nerve that had been turned off yeah, in his just- leg. Nerve damage or whatever. But yeah, so Aaron Pico is going to be fighting again. And then in the prelim fights, we're getting the debut of Hoist Gracie's son. Uh, how do you pronounce his name? Cahorny? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Car- I don't know. Conry? 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 I don't know. Conry? Conry, yeah. K H O N R Y. Yeah. So it's the son of Hoist Gracie making his MMA debut. Devin Brook. Might have to check it out. They're both 0 0 fighters, and 
Devin Brooke in his pictures wearing uh, headgear, so I'm guessing he's a boxer. Okay. So, boxer versus the BJJ master. <laughs> yeah. See what happens. Um. So that's the yeah, that's the Bellator card. Check it out if you don't want to watch the pay per view. Yeah, that's free on the new Paramount Network. Yeah, free MMA Previous, either way. Previously, Spike. R.I.P. Spike. Couple news stories, and then we'll get out of here. Uh. Tony Ferguson and Habib Nurmagomedov is officially set, according to Dana White. Your boy. You. It's your boy, Tony. Old Tony. Um, and it's going to be for the the undisputed 155 pounds. Tony wins. Are you guys scheduled to have drinks in uh, Michigan? Yeah. Let's Yeah, I'm sure. Come visit. I'm sure. I'm sure. He's going to go to the bar. He's going to come home. cold ones. Then to come home and have a parade. Yep. <laughs> You'll be the first one there, bro. <laughs> Should be proud. We got no one in Chicago. <laughs> he don't claim it, so why? Yeah, right. It's whatever. It's whatever. If he wins that fight, I mean, the the people going crazy about Muskegon's fucking own Tony Ferguson champion and shit on social media was ridiculous. I can't imagine what it's going to be like if he wins the real title. Habib better ground and pound that ass. Um. So, yeah, they're going to strip Connor. I'm sure that announcement will come this weekend. Are they, though? Are they? How else are they going to do the titles between Tony and Habib? I don't know. Title one, title two. They're gonna. <laughs> they already have that. It's called the interim title, bro. <laughs> uh, Cynthia Cavill pa- tested positive for marijuana metabolites and is facing. Yeah, yeah. yeah! <laughs> facing a uh, UFC anti-doping violation. Just take weed off. Yeah, god damn it! Why, why are you gonna suspend her for smoking weed and kicking ass? Even though she, I thought she lost that fight, but still. Just weed. Just weed. Yeah, well, she had to have been fucking pretty hot because Jeff Nowinski was saying how like their threshold now is so fucking high, like you would have to be high when you take the test. Yeah, they're saying like you can cut like three days before and you'll you'll be fine. He's like, if you want to be extra safe, he's like probably like a week. That means she was probably smoking before like before she walked into the arena or something. Something I would do. Something stupid. Fucking getting high right after weigh-ins and shit. That's probably what happened to me. <laughs> I would have been fucking banned for life after my third fight for coming in high, popping hot right after. <laughs> right after walking into the arena, just putting out the joint. Oh, shit, I got to go fight. So waiting to see what's going to happen on that. No word or timetable. Um, and Dustin Poirier and Justin Gaethje is in the works for either March or April. It's being targeted for UFC 222 on March 3rd or in April for 223. That's a good fight. For Brooklyn. That's a good fight. 
So we shall see. We shall see. All right. I think that's everything for the night. We did it. Another, <laughs> another episode in the books. Another episode on the books. Good shit. Yeah. Always a blast, Jeff. Always a blast. Always, man. I fucking always like getting high and, and chatting with you about bullshit. <laughs> we need popping for weed. <laughs> I love smoking weed and talking about people popping for weed. Yeah. Free our people. Yeah. Free bong rips for gasoline, bong rips for Calvillo. Bong rips for blades. Yep, bong rips for blades. I forgot about that one. There was somebody else that pissed hot in Texas down there too. Um Courtney Casey. Casey, yeah. Or was that steroid? Or was that pit or was that No, it was steroid. Yeah, um, it was steroid. Was it? Jason? She, she got was, that cleared up, though. Yeah, she got it cleared up. Was yeah. it Jason Knight that pissed hot in Texas? I don't know. For, for the Diaz's. Yeah, for Bong, the Diaz's. Bongers for Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> so you got you got the boys coming over on Saturday for the fights. Yeah, I got uh, Frank Mysterio. I got uh, Quadra coming over and Jamie the Jobber. We're getting that breaded steak pizza. What the fuck, Jesus? <laughs> Dude, Jesus was supposed to come over the other day and he didn't again. I still got his gift somewhere. Yeah, I know. I know. He, he, he don't even listen to the show, but I'm just going to keep calling him out. <laughs> I'm going to open his gift. <laughs> <laughs> Send it up here. I'll open it. <laughs> I'll open it on the show. <laughs> uh, well, he got me some too, though, so that's why I kind of have to hold it. To see what he got me. I mean, there's that's a... why I'm kind of more pissed. You know, I can hold it all day forever, but I want my gift. God damn it! Oh, you haven't gotten your gift yet. Yeah, we're supposed to exchange gifts. Oh, well, what I've the fuck, Jesus? He fell asleep the other day. Like I would get, like before he fell asleep. Okay, I'm like, all right, you know, he's busy, he's got shit to do. But Tuesday morning, I got a text and it's like, hey, sorry, bro, I fell asleep because <laughs> we're supposed to hang out uh, Monday. Motherfuckers. We'll see. I'll probably see him tomorrow. I don't know. I'll hit him up today. See if he's free tomorrow. Cause uh, he 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 doesn't watch fights. He'll, uh, he's more of the WWE guy. Oh right, right. That's I forgot that he he's more of the wrestling guy. He was watching more fights, but he stopped. I don't know. He's not a UFC guy. That's why I got the boys coming over. The Trailer Park Boys. I'm sad. Fuck I'm yeah, Trailer Park Boys. <laughs> We're gonna get around smokes. Smoke some. Smoke some. Watch yeah. some fights. I got to find out if the boys are coming over for the fights or not. Yeah. I haven't really done anything about it. My cousin's been in Louisiana for like the last fucking week and a half, so. And he's one of the five people that I watch fights with usually, or four people, depending. Three people. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I haven't invited anyone more, anyone else. I don't know if they want to come. I just put it out there for these guys. I put it out there like a week or two ahead of time if i have time two weeks if not if it's week by week by week by week i'll invite them after pretty much after the card of that sunday i'm like hey who's down and usually i'll get a feel for that and i'll go off of that that's why i got a feel off of this time frankie right away was like hey i want in on 220 uh and ganu is from cameroon and uh so i'm like quadril last time i'm like quadril you got to come see Ngannou. so he came 
So now he's going for the title. So I'm like, now nah, you got to come nice. see him again. So nice. he's coming. Jobber's usually always here. Right. So I I didn't hit anyone else up. I'm like, eh, it's already four. If anyone else hits me up, I'll be like, all right, come through. But Yeah, I, I mean, there's always my cousin, obviously, him and I live together. So he's mm-hmm. always here. Uh, yeah, if Toucan hits me up, he can come through. Nero might come through, he, but he's always just on the side anyway. He's never on the mics anyway. So Right. And then Tony's always usually here, and then my buddy Todd Bobby. And then we have, like, a a rotating cast of, like, a few other guys that will come over for bigger fights. Like, um, like, when we did Mayweather McGregor, we had my – we did our league draft that night. So there was, like, three or four other guys because we're all also in that fantasy football league together. So Yeah. we It's it's. It's funny when these guys invite themselves over or try to invite themselves over to Folio Podcast and shit. I just tell them to go fucking eat my asshole. <laughs> because, uh, it's not like I'm doing this like, oh, he's my favorite. He, no, like before, I would invite a fuckload of people to come watch the fights. And, you know, they would come when they wanted to. Right. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'm going to buy these pay per views. If you say you're coming, come. And then they would hit me up last minute. Hey, I'm not going to make it. I'm like, hey, dude, I already told these people to come, and I'm already getting food, and I'm already getting this. Like, what the fuck? Like, that's one person now that I have to cover because now you're not in. So that's more money I got to wait. So I just started dwindling motherfuckers off, and then the podcast started. So then I'm like, hey, I already dwindled it off. Like, it already dwindled itself off. Whoever was in, that's who's in the club, motherfuckers. You're not getting the invites. You're not coming to the fucking to the, to the show once it's already it's got legs because now you want in not how it works right Mike. yeah i never tried to record with the with all of us together the the conversations would get way too weird we go mm-hmm. on some weird tangents and some shit i wouldn't want heard on this show <laughs> like oh yeah we have our conversations before when we're scarfing down the pizza and shit Todd Bobby, we try to keep it more mma and shit yeah Todd bobby goes on weird fucking hooker tangents is he a big hooker guy? No, no, no. It's, it's. I'll, I'll tell you about it after we stop recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you got any final thoughts, or you want to plug your podcast? Obviously. Um, I don't. Th- uh, yeah, sure. I just want to touch on a little bit of uh, Matt Hughes. Yeah. Oh that yeah. Was a, really that was, didn't that talk was about a badass. Yeah, we didn't really. And then after we went off air and you're like, you any final thoughts or before we went off air? And I'm like, uh, I got nothing. I'm like, what? God damn it, Matt Hughes. I know. I completely like, forgot about the Matt Hughes thing. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So they had like a little promotional thing where they showed his history of his work in the UFC. And then they talked about what happened to him. And I just think people have forgotten about Matt Hughes, just like they had forgotten about GSP. A lot of people said. You know, the new fans don't know who GSP is. So if you're a new fan of the of the sport of UFC, go check out Matt Hughes. That guy's a fucking beast. He got hit by a train, and he's recovering. He made his walk to the octagon this past Saturday. But he previously, before GSP, was champion for like five years, held that, uh, held that title. No one was able to take it away from him. Um, and he was a beast. He was a fucking beast. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good to see him being able to make the walk down to the cage. Yeah, that made me happy. I'm not gonna lie; I got a little emotional. Yeah, I wanted to cry a little bit. Yeah, I had a I had a little little mist in my eye. Something. Yeah, some some allergen or something got in there and caused it to water had, a little bit. 
Yeah, I had threatened Jamie that if he told anyone, I'd kill him. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that, that that's a miracle what that guy's gone through to, to come back and be able to walk to the octagon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he's a fighter in every sense of the word. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, if you guys got a chance, check out Full Heel Podcast, uh, reviewing old pay-per-views from the Attitude Era, from the WCW days, doing fight companions on Saturdays, and I sometimes drop breakdowns, or I just shoot the shit with these guys about wrestling and uh, upcoming fights or what's, what's what's going on in the news. Uh, yeah, check out Full Heel Podcast, iTunes, Podbean, all that good stuff. Yeah. Check it out. I like it. I like when you yell at it and threaten Jamie. Good job. <laughs> Poor Jamie. Yeah, I, I really, uh, I don't know. I don't really got much either. I'm excited to watch these title fights, maybe catch a little Bellator this weekend and uh, get back into it maybe. Maybe get in after the bell. We'll see how much coffee I can pour down my throat during the fights when I'm not smoking weed. Maybe I'll throw Jay. I'll, maybe I'll give you guys a call and throw Jamie on, and you guys can have Jamie on the. After the bell. <laughs> Let's go, Jamie the Jobber. He did not want that name. He he at first he's like, no, fuck that. He's like, call me OG something. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You're just gonna choose a badass fucking name. I'm like, to- my name is Donkey Tron. You're not getting a badass name. You don't right? get to call yourself OG anything. Get. <laughs> Fuck yeah, out of here. Exactly. You're Jamie the Jobber now. Like, if it were up to me, I would have gone with my... Li- they let us pick our stupid fraternity names, and mine's like El Toro, so the bull. But you know, I wasn't going to start calling myself the bull. Right. It's my fraternity name. They let us choose it, and that's what I chose. I'm not going to go by it. Donkey Tron. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Uh, we'll be back next week, obviously, to break down... UFC 220 and preview next weekend's card. I can't remember who's headlining it, but, you know. We'll figure it out. For Rafael Chaidez, for Ryan Dempsey, thank you, Ryan, for joining us tonight. Um, Who knows? Maybe we'll get a little more Ryan this weekend. Uh, I'm Jeff Shanahan. We'll catch you guys next week for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show. 